Cold Stove Podcast. It is Friday. Happy Friday, NRD. I am live from my living room, actually my dining room in Austin, Texas. What's going on with you in the rumor cave? It's kind of sent everybody home for, for the offseason in the rumor cave, but I am still here at a playoff push. Not much going on in the Eastern Conference, so a little bored there, but having a good time, man. Like I said, yeah, continuously, we tried. Continuously, NRD, we, tried. we tried our best. Sabres fell just short this year the playoffs maybe next year maybe they're the wagon next year i know you don't want to hear me say that but you know we're having a good time as i've said multiple shows now still here still doing the podcast still talking about the games but golf is improving throughout the uh throughout the season now that there's no rumors to track down from this moment the moment that i close my laptop after we're done with this podcast and is all uploaded and sent out to the fans of the cold stove podcast I have an 11.50 uh, tea time, so that can, is where I am headed. Can we just talk about, before we get into the hockey, because I, yeah. I don't know if it's in the rundown, but can we talk about how last episode we did the Masters picks, my big play, Scotty Scheffler, which, not to toot my own horn, I locked that in when he was playing in the match play in Austin, so I got great odds on Scotty. Mm-hmm. He did win. I did win money. Tiger also made the cut, my other pick. So, you know, we're not we're not a gambling podcast. We're not a golf podcast. We're cold stove, a hockey podcast. But, you know, just want to – I call it like I see it. Give that's, credit what you call, that's what you call range, NRD. We are a podcast that can do it all. I also uh, ended up betting on Scotty Scheffler. So I basically paid for all of my other bets with Scotty's win. So I, right. I was, I was up like a hilarious like $11 after Scotty won. So <laughs> Even. Even right, it's like I, when I went to Vegas, I came home seven dollars up on my gambling. So, uh, I guess that's I guess that's the win in my book. But we did try with the Islanders. We did try. And on that note, I want to say, uh, rest in peace, Mike Bossy. News came out that he passed away this morning. One of the all-time legends in the game, not only just Islanders legends, but but all-time legends. Uh, what comes to mind when when you hear Mike Bossy's name? Top probably top 10 hockey player of all time, top three goal scorer of all time. Mm-hmm. Gretzky, you know, Ovechkin and Mike Bossy, without a doubt. I mean, the yep. only guy to have nine consecutive or nine total 50-goal seasons. He also has six or five or six 60-goal seasons, only tied with Gretzky. I mean, incredible, incredible in the offensive zone, one of the most talented and gifted players when it comes to scoring goals and, you know, playing offense in this league and, Tough year for Islanders fans between, you know, Mike Bossy and some other tough losses the organization has had this year. So no doubt. Uh, he's one of those guys that you always like you always hear people being like, oh, Gretzky could never play in today's NHL. You know, the game was so different back then. They're playing against like insurance salesmen and not elite athletes. I'd argue that you give Mike Bossy a summer in his prime at the game today and he'd be a hell of a hockey player in today's game. He just had that offensive sense, that goal scoring ability that you, that, that time of that, that era didn't really have. You you could say he had, he had had hands back then where it was basically just who was faster than the other person that's playing roller hockey out there. Quite honestly, he was able to do things that would have survived in today's game because of how, you know, imaginative and the things he did with the puck. If you get a chance, I mean, for, for, for the youngins out there, go, uh, Go watch some Mike Bossy highlights that are out there, especially from, you know, one of the greatest organization 
organizational periods in sports history. The Islanders went in mm-hmm. four in a row there. So go watch him. Go watch how dominant of a player that he was, how dominant that team was. You realize that the uh, the argument that he wouldn't have survived in today's NHL falls flat for for special talents no like Mike Bossy. I, I think they are the are they the last pro sports team to go four in a row championships wise. They have to be. Didn't the you Oilers know, go four in a row right after him? Oh, did that's, that's yeah, right. they ripped four in a row, right? But okay, but that era, it's never gonna happen again. Like, even like the Patriots, the most dominant team of the last 20 years in the NFL, 20, uh, 22 now, they never won four in a row. Nobody's ever gonna win four in a row ever again, anywhere. This is called us learning about sports. How many World Series did the Yankees win in a row in the 90s? Did they pull off four or did they? Uh, no, 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 no. They did. I think they did back to back, and then skipped a year, and then came back. That's right. They lost to Atlanta. One yes, of the years. Atlanta won, yep. um, and then beat the beat the Mets. So you Subway go. Series. Uh, let's talk hockey, though. Now that we've got golf, baseball, and uh, well-rounded podcast. <laughs> like I said, we have range. NRD the playoffs. Playoffs. They I are mean, we won a game. They are uh, imminent. And I cannot wait. Playoff hockey. I, I, I've always said this. If you want to introduce somebody to the game, go show them game one of Florida-Tampa in the playoffs last year. 6-5, I believe. Tampa won? I, whoever. It, it didn't matter. It was that good of a hockey game. Um, just the speed, the pace. That's where I fell in love with Ryan Lomberg, the game, the game he plays. He can play on my team any day of the week. But playoffs are coming. The East, like we said, is, is locked up. right? I, I don't even know if there's a whole lot of jockeying for positioning going on and seating, but the Islanders made a run. They're not going to make it. They're not going to get there. So the East is locked up. Now the West is a little more interesting. NRD, would you say that the Vegas golden Knights are going to make the playoffs at this point And the LA Kings aren't. It's close. It's not what I would have said a couple of weeks ago. I would have thought that, you know, LA secure, but Vegas is coming. And the interesting thing is that they're in the same division. We wouldn't be having this conversation if one of these teams was in the central, one of them would just take the, you know, wild card spot mm-hmm. and uh, both would be safe, but it is getting closer. I think you're starting to see some of that LA Kings inexperience with the younger guys that they have in the lineup. I think that you have to be built a certain way to have that, you know, down the home stretch and, and the Vegas golden Knights have it. They have guys in that locker room, whether healthy or not, that are experienced in, in playoff hockey and late season hockey. And it's showing they kicked the shit out of Calgary last night and they're on a roll right now. I, I think that there are a few teams in the mix. When you talk about Minnesota, Dallas, um, the Vegas Golden Knights that have that veteran presence, that's a little bit more experienced. You can see that as opposed to like an LA or a Vancouver who have faltered as of late, you know, down the stretch. Yeah. And, and I think it's one of those things. If you're LA, you're already kind of your, I, you, I guess what's what's the way I'm looking to put it that it, you're you're already performing well above expectations, so anything here is gravy. But you start, you know, you're kind of a four and five in your last couple, and you see Vegas on kind of a tear. Then they whoop up on Calgary. When you don't have the experience and you have younger guys in the locker room, granted you have older guys too, but you see the Vegas train in the rearview mirror. And all of a sudden, somehow Mark Stone is added to the mix and how that works salary cap-wise. I'm sure it's very easy explanation, but from an outsider, just like checking Twitter on it, it's like, how, 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 how is this happening? I'm, I'm uh, Daryl Sutter dot Jif. Like they're the okay. best, they're the best team in the league every year. I mean, they're a hundred million dollar team. 
they got to find a way to chop off 20, but they're the best team in the league, everybody on the ice. They're an all-star team. So you see you see a combination of that, and, and you're L.A., and you're like, holy shit, are we ready for this yet? I don't know. I would love to see them in the postseason. I think they deserve it after the year they have. It's just, like I said, I, I, I really think it's a, it's a lesson in, you know, I like where the league is going. I think we have younger talent, better talent. We spoke to Liam McHugh about that last week. But at the same time, chalk, chalk up a W for the dinosaurs in that some teams are just built for the postseason and playoffs down the stretch. You need that veteran presence still. Yep. Some teams built different. Um, I, I hope they don't make it, obviously, because there's a draft pick in play for, uh, for Sabres fans and myself alike. But don't count out those Vancouver Canucks. Now, they've won five in a row. They're a couple points behind. They're at 84 as of today. You mentioned before the podcast that don't count out the Islanders. Or everybody was saying, don't count out the Islanders yet. Don't count out their they're, they're cold start. They've been on the road. What does Vancouver's start say about them today? Says a lot. And, and to your point, we, we, like you said, we did talk about this before we started recording. So for those that have been loyal to us from the get-go, you remember I had an Islanders rant at the beginning of the year. And I talked about how this just wasn't their year. And everybody was like, NRD, shut up. It's October. It's November. You know, they have plenty of time to write the ship. Now they could have, they could have run on a fantastic tear starting back in December and really been safe. But the point that I was trying to make then, and and it applies to the Vancouver Canucks now with their start as well, is that you look at a team like Vancouver, who has been probably one of the hottest teams in hockey since they hired Brucey B behind the bench, right? Like they've been very good. They're playing sound, you know, they're playing a sound game with him. Everything kind of looks normal in Vancouver. They're what? Four points out, six points out of that playoff spot. I think they're sitting at 84 points right now. Yep, they, they're at 84. And Dallas, in, in terms of a, uh, the Kings are at 88. So they're four points out of the Kings. Vegas is at 87 right now. So they're three or four points out right yeah. now. They're like, they're the hottest team in hockey. They won five in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. They, But if you look, they're four points out. Where do you need those four points? Hey, that slow start now. When they started 0-6 or 0-7 or 0-8, I couldn't remember the exact number. But, Mm -hmm. like, those slow starts can catch up to you. I know we play a sport with an 82-game season. This isn't football with 16. This isn't baseball 162, which is on the other end of the spectrum. But 82 games is a lot. But at the same time, when you start slow or you really can't go get out of the gate going and grabbing those, you know, November games, or as you mentioned before this podcast, like those dog days of the season, right? Like winning those games, it catches up to you. And now Vancouver, a team that probably should be in the playoffs based on their January through April performance Mm -hmm. is at grave danger of missing because of their October through December performance. Right. Totally. And, and it, it happens all the time. It's these teams go on, they lose five, six, seven in a row, or they go, you know, they go two and eight for randomly during January or December. And then they're trying to pick up four points at the end of the year. And you, a hockey game's worth two. And it's just, you know, you, you, the veterans talk about do not lose, you know, it, it's do not lose two games in a row. And if we lose three in a row, what, what kind of locker room do we have? 
And then it shows the end of the year when you're trying to pick up four points or, or even go tie a game, you know, tie, tie two of those first couple. And then you're only looking for one win. It, it's they it, go 500 at the beginning yeah. of the year. They have those four points, right? Right. There. Exactly. I'll tell you what, though, the team that uh, in Nashville and Dallas, those two teams both playing well, Nashville's team, I liked a lot. I like them a lot. Dallas's team I like less, but they're playing well. They have that unbelievable line that kind of gets it done for them. I don't I I don't know if Vegas gets there. I and then I think if they get there, it's they kind of start running. Unless they go Vegas, Colorado in the first round, and then then here we go. Might be a uh might be a murder's row. You might be surprised at the result of that series. I and I have said, you know. Not everything's about NRD bets, but if you want a value play, look at Minnesota. I, I said it last week's show. I think they're yep. a team that's built to kick the crap out of teams. And if Colorado falters in the first round and just barely skates by, then they have to go against a tough Minnesota team. Mm-hmm. Watch out because they think that Minnesota is built now with Flurry in the net, who had an assist on the game winning goal last night. I don't know if you got a chance to see that primary assist on the game winner in overtime. He's playing well. He's starting to come into his own, get comfortable in Minnesota. And they're deep, and they can kick the shit out of teams. Don't, no argument here. Speaking of playoffs, the NBA playoffs have begun. NRD, I don't know if that's flown uh, it's flown under my radar, so I don't watch a whole lot of NBA basketball. But do you think a play-in game works for the NHL like they do in the NBA? Where you basically have the top 10 teams versus the top 8? I don't know what the public is going to say this might be an interesting cold stove poll out okay. to, to the listeners because i don't know what the public's going to say in my opinion no because we've been you know since the beginning of time accustomed to playoff series in hockey as opposed to one-off games mm-hmm. I, I think that because of the way the game is played and how fast it's you know how fast hockey is on the ice and how it's only an hour right it's three 20 minute periods mm-hmm. or yeah, three twenty-minute periods. Yeah, you nailed out. it. That, I, that, that was tough, hard. man. It is early. <laughs> it could be over like that, and I think the whole point of having series and having a seven-game series to determine truly who the best team is when they, you know, wear down an opponent over time, just like I said, the Minnesota Wild are capable of doing. I don't think that you can encompass, you know, the spirit of the game in a one-game series. And I could be wrong. And I, like I said, I want to put this out there. We'll run it. If you're listening, we'll run it on the uh, the cold stove account. We'll run a poll. Do you think a play-in would work in hockey? I don't know the correct answer to me, no, though, only because we've been so accustomed to teams built for a playoff series and not for a specific one-off game to get in. Yeah, I, I and I totally agree. I probably more than agree. I, I am staunchly against one, you know, play-in games, period, across all sports, especially in baseball. I mean, especially – 162 games and you get one chance at it and then it's ace versus ace or whatever it is sports is a game of variables and variables tend to um affect the outcomes of games especially in a one game series you need a larger sample size to sort of smooth out the curves and the variables and get to where okay this team is legitimately better than the other team that's the whole point um now i understand where owners and TV and everybody comes from is, is like, Oh, let's one more game to get some cash in. I totally get that. Uh, but if you want to do anything, fine, do a, uh, 
do a three or four, you know, five, three or five game series, and you want to have a little play in tournament like Hockey East does, where you know five plays eleven and six plays eight or whatever, whatever it is. Um, then, then sure, and you give teams a buy, uh, but I, I, I don't think a play in game would work. I actually, I, I, you know. You know me. I miss the one verse eight, two verse. I was seven. just gonna say. I think that's the correct answer. Is one verse eight, yeah. two verse seven. And again, like, and then it's just how good are you? You know, where I understand where teams are coming from there is, um, like, divisions can beat each other up, right? There's years where the the Metro, especially, teams just beat each other up, and they could be the two best teams in the conference, but they go five and five against each other, and so there's no dominance there, right? So I get. The wild cards, like you can have five teams from the Atlantic, three teams from the Metro. I I get that. I actually like that. Uh, but I, I think they should all be reseeded ahead of the playoffs. So then it's one versus eight, two versus seven, right? So yeah, you, just, you so in. that you get in based on the current system. But then in the playoffs, it's anybody could play anybody. I agree with that. I yeah. like that. I think that one versus eight is the way to go. It's true mm-hmm. to form in terms of you know the top team plays the way like. You see some of these matches, like the potential. I mean, Vegas, Colorado, right? Fantastic playoff series. We're going to love to see it Mm -hmm. if it happens in the first round. But does the NHL, does ESPN, does TNT really want that in the first round? I mean, there's a business side to this game, too. Yeah. That, you know, sending a great team home early. And now there's both sides of the argument. I'm going to counter myself and say, hey, if they're really so great, they should have been well in and not a wild card team playing Colorado. But, the marquee names, the big matchups, you know, you want those down the line. And if, if you went to a one versus eight style of reseeding, there's the potential to have those matchups later on in the playoffs where, mm-hmm. you know, there might be more eyes, there might be more interest. So it's a fine line between balancing the hockey side and the business side of it with the TV partners and all that. But I think there's credence to what you're saying about re, you know, restructuring it one V eight after you get in. Yeah. And just the whole thing, the entire argument is based on, well, not, that argument but I'm, I'm i'm coming back to my point that one game in sports very rarely means much nfl is probably the exception otherwise it's it's too small a sample size it's exciting sure and it gets people up for it it gets more fan bases involved more money i certainly get it i get that argument and that's probably where it ends up heading you know based on money and and fan bases but is it true to the spirit of the game no no fine agree to disagree across the board for everybody there's probably a win-win situation somewhere i don't know but you know where there's always a win-win nrd that's what i'm working out in my ten thousand shorts Ten thousand mates the best training shorts on the planet the best no no if fans or butts it's the best i got to work out in before this podcast guess what i was wearing my maroon 10,000 seven-inch interval shorts, uh, and they're, they had their versatile long sleeve on, actually. Great shirt. The interval short, however, is their most popular and most versatile style, hence the name. Perfect for gym days, spinning, short runs, hit workouts, backyard workouts, doesn't matter. You are ready to go in your 10,000s. They have tons of features. Ready? Silver ion for odor protection. No bounce pockets. So if you're getting a run in or you're getting uh, maybe some jump squats or, or – uh, uh, box jumps in you can put your phone in your pocket and it's fine it's just going to stay there they have breathable and lightweight shell fabric and an optional liner if you want it that's very comfortable and prevents chasing the shirt like i mentioned is the perfect workout shirt lightweight 
breathable and durable. And the material just kind of feel it, it's you feel like an athlete. It's performance material, but it's not like it doesn't feel clingy. It doesn't feel staticky. It's just a straight up awesome shirt. They're actually my go. Don't mean to cut you off. I want to give props to 10,000. They're my yeah. go-to shorts when I hit the driving range. Throw those on. That. Comfortable as hell. Look at that. About workout. NRD is not doing box jumps in the rumor cave, but if he goes to the driving range, that's what he's got on. He's got the interval shorts on. That's why they're versatile. They could, you know, I know they probably plan on me wearing them for one thing, but hey, I'm hey. good with curveball. Going to the range. They're versatile. I'll be honest with you. I've taken them to a happy hour before. They look good enough that you can hop into a patio. It's hot in Austin, Texas. You don't need to be wearing clunky, clunky khaki shorts all the time. I'm throwing on my 10,000s. There you go. Take them to a patio. Uh, they have a team of over 200 athletes, NRD and I are not included, that tests their gear to ensure the perfect design, fabric, trims, and fit. And guess what? Free shipping and free returns with a lifetime guarantee. So get your 10,000s today. Be like us. Be like athletes training in the best gear possible. And it looks good. That's uh, what more can you ask for? 10,000 offering listeners of the Cold Stove Podcast, 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc slash stove to receive 15% off your purchase. That's 10,000.cc slash stove. Uh, speaking of athletes, NRD, Owen Power, the number one overall pick for the Buffalo Sabres, has made his debut. Um, I'll go first. He looks comfortable. He's played two games. One was really good. One was really bad. He looks comfortable. He got walked last night by Vladimir Tarasenko. He sure Tarasenko. did. I know, but I'll tell you what. Victor Hedman's been walked by Vladimir Tarasenko. So Fair your enough. first impression of Owen Power after two games. He looks great. I agree with, you know, joking aside, I agree with your point. He looks very comfortable there. I think he's ready to play in the National Hockey League. Obviously, he was signed, but I do think he's ready to play. I don't think Buffalo Sabres are rushing this. Good little trial period. They got to play against a good team in St. Louis last night. Mm-hmm. Did get walked by Tarasenko, but also at his first NHL point. He had a primary assist on Alex Tuck goal. And a so, really nice play, too. Great play. Came off the faceoff, right? Took the puck yeah. from the point, you know, got it low, moved it over to Alex Tuck in the middle. So that's the future of the Buffalo Sabres right there, whether you like it or not, baby. Owen Power about, to Alex uh, Tuck. How about... Well, first of all, comments on Owen Power, like I said, one good game, one not so good game. He looks the part though. He's huge. I didn't like I knew he was six six. That dude is 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 huge. I was expecting, you know, he looks big against college kids, fine, but it gets it gets, gets the league and it kind of sorts itself out. Buffalo is a big team, NRD. I had this impression when Owen Power's on the ice, Tark's on the ice, Dylan Cousins is a big kid. Like they're a, they went from being like super soft and easy to play against. And I'm not saying they're not still like they still need some some uh, truculence, maybe some jam, if you will, into that lineup. But Owen Power's huge, and he plays with I think the longest stick I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why all defensemen don't play with ridiculously long. It's like lacrosse, like long pole D. They just play, it's so much easier to just poke the puck, and he can control the stick. I I don't. It, it was mesmerizing watching him just so effortlessly poke pucks like away from guys in the corner. I was like, okay, he's not a huge like physical kind of guy. He's not going to go after you and, and try to check you, but his stick work is awesome. And the other thing I was really, int- or you know, I was going to say intrigued, but excited by was 
he'll make a breakout pass and then he'll he'll hop in the rush like right away. I was like, oh my God, if Ralph Kruder saw Owen Power playing right now from the bench, he would be he would staple him to the bench because he loves to make a breakout pass to a winger and then just sprint. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. And I hope Don Renato lets him continue to do that because it's fun to watch. Um, but I, I think, you know, I, I was sort of tempered my expectations on a guy like Owen Power. Two games in, I, I say this kid can be an absolute stud. An absolute stud. The first overall pick, I don't disagree with you. I think that there'll be good days and bad days. I mean, sure. you look at some of the first overall picks in the past couple of years, Alexei Lafreniere really hasn't come into his own yet. Um, yep. But there's potential there. You see it. He had a good tear in the middle of the season. And I think Owen Power into next year will have those you know ups and downs, those ebbs and flows. I think to your point about um, the Buffalo Sabres being physically big, you know who would have been missed? You know who would have fit in great on that blue line when we talk about big defensemen? No, come on. Rasmus Ristolainen. No, no, no. No, I physically I, dominant defenseman on the Buffalo Sabres blue line. He's just not. He wants to be. He he gives off the impression that he's done a, his PR campaign's been great that he's a He would defenseman. he would be a great playoff defenseman though. I think he'd be fantastic oh, in a 7 game series. Uh speaking of defenseman for the Buffalo Sabres, they had Rasmus Dahlin playing the right side. And I was like, whoa, because everybody's his even more than pencil, they've like penned in Dahlin, Power, Samuelson for the on next right, yep. decade. On the, left, on the yep. left. The left. They put Dahlin on the right with Samuelson uh in the in the Toronto game. Come to find out, that's where he played in the SHL in the Swedish League, like growing up his whole life. So I'm like, wait a second. What? Why? We switched him to the left the moment he was drafted at 18 when he's been playing the right side, even though he's a left-handed shot for his whole life. I was like, what are we doing? So riddle me this. That now opens the door for a guy like Ryan Johnson to come out of Minnesota, play the left-hand side where he's comfortable, Owen Power to play the left-hand side, Matias Samuelson to play the left-hand side, Dalene Yoki Haru, and then you're one guy away, granted the youngest decor probably of all time but if that's an option it it opens it not only does it open the door to that it opens the door to the emphasis on finding a defensive partner on the right side for power is not necessarily as big because you can look at left shot defensemen now in the market there's not such an emphasis on finding a right shot guy you can just add a defenseman period if you could have that flexibility with rasmus stalin a good experiment yeah. interesting that he played there in sweden you know gotta love ralph krueger because they something about being on the left side of the road or the right side of the road in europe that's why we don't hire european coaches over here lefts, lefts and rights lefts and rights um, but uh yeah no i it's a good thing for this it's a good problem to have it's a really good problem to have and i guess that kind of comes down to what darlene wants idea i I don't know i don't know we'll see it's going to be a really good offseason for them i think with the uh they basically need a right-handed defenseman a second line forward third line forward uh one of the two not both and a goalie because upl will be up next year and we'll see what happens with craig anderson a goalie they won't have we mentioned devin levi last episode uh eric portillo went back to school nrd so that's an oh shit moment because I said last episode, get one of the two. Whatever you do, get one of the two. If you if you strike out on both, Portillo's gone. Portillo's gone. 
He he is a free agent next year, and if there's no plan in place, they can't lure him to you're going to be the Rochester guy. He's gone. I mean, why would why at this point? I get it. I, I I'm I'm not team Portillo here, Portillo, but I understand he has all the leverage now, all the leverage in the world. I also don't think Michigan missing out on the national championship helps. No, no, they're going to have a good team. They're going to lose some guys, but yeah, they're not going to have the team that they had this year with Beneers, obviously, and Ken Johnson going to the show and all in power leaving, but they're still going to have a good team. And there's some unfinished business there. Don't discredit that, you know? Totally. Totally. It's weird that I I would have loved to see a Michigan Minnesota championship game. And then I think, depending on the result of that, you see like a guy like Matthew Nyes coming out for Toronto, maybe Portillo. But then you go Denver winning, and it's like, oh, that's interesting. But it kind of throws a wrench in the plans. And then speaking of Minnesota, Ryan Johnson, like I mentioned earlier for the Sabres, the next key, his decision's imminent. Uh, don't know. Again, don't know what he's going to do. I've, I have one guy uh, in Buffalo saying he's going to come out. I have another guy who's Buffalo adjacent saying he's going to stay. And so much like the Devin Levi, uh, I'm just going to sit this one out until somebody breaks it because I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to chase it if I can. But conflicting reports right now, and that's the worst place to be as a quote-unquote journalist like I am, newsbreaker of sorts. Uh, speaking of newsbreakers, they do a lot of their work on Twitter. New to Twitter, NRD, have you seen Chris Proner mixing it up on Twitter? He's a good Twitter follow. Yeah, he is. Hit 100,000 followers the other day. He's a really good, uh, he kind of tweets like hockey business sort of stuff and sort of behind the scenes. And I'm like, what a perfect guy to be doing this. 20 years in the league, Hall of Famer, made a lot of money, smart kid, smart kid, smart guy, uh, and kind of dropping Twitter knowledge on people in terms of like, hey, if a guy made six million bucks a year, here's what they actually make. The taxes, yeah, and everything. Taxes, this, that, the other thing. Uh, what do you think of his Twitter presence so far? Love Pronger. I think he'd have a great spot if he ever wanted to do TV. I'd love to hear what oh, he has to say. I'm yeah, a big cool. fan of. I'm a big fan of you know this. I, obviously, I appreciate that you know the talking heads that we've had over the years in the sport, but hearing from some of the legends that aren't known for talking or being in the public eye, like Chris Pronger, Scott Stevens, guys like that, who we haven't heard from, I think would be really interesting to hear from them. The other news on Twitter. Sorry, I don't mean to just you know poo-poo Sean Pronger, uh, Sean Pronger, Chris Pronger to the side. Mm-hmm. But Carey Price is apparently starting tonight for Montreal Canadiens. There we go. I had it on the rundown that it was coming up, but I, it, today, Carey Price back in net, which, you know, regardless of the result, just happy to have Carey Price back in not only a headspace, but a physical space that he can play. You know, what a, he's been through a lot. Uh, behind the scenes, he's been through a lot in front of the camera, you know, all, all over. I'm just happy to have him back. And, you know, obviously Montreal will be too. And, and that could sort of give them some stability moving forward in a year that has been anything but stable for them. Without a doubt. It's good for uh, next year to evaluate. You have some young guys. You have Caden Primo. You need to know Future what's Buffalo going on that. I don't know about that. I wish. I wish. I just say that because he's a Northeastern Husky. Shouts to him. Uh, Ryan Hartman. See the uh, catch the video where he flipped off of Andrew Kane? I had a conversation. I'm going to keep this short because okay. I know we're not uh, 
We're not running deep on time today. We're going to keep this at a good listening time for the listeners today. out there. Tactical not phase. short, not long, tactical. Surgical. Is Surgical, sure. sure. Yeah. But how is Evander Kane in the league? I mean, with, the, with everything that's been out there, I don't know how this guy's still playing. And I get it, you know, innocent till proven guilty in both countries. But how the shit that is out there, between him and, you know, and his ex-wife or his estranged wife. I don't know if they're officially divorced. And, you know, allegedly he's with, you know, his first girlfriend and they're having a kid now. I mean, a lot of things going on in Evander Kane's life. I want to be really careful, but I want to say good for Ryan Hartman. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) I want to be really careful by saying that. You might have to cut that out. But good for Ryan Hartman. I yeah, I just I'll you know what I'll say is I'll say uh I enjoyed his quote of like money well spent, basically. That's how I'll put it. Yeah. Um did you see Ryan Hart or excuse me, Kane's ex-wife Venmo Ryan Hartman? Even better. Which he is now donating all any Venmo he received uh to pay for his fine, right? He's donating any of those uh proceeds to a children's hospital which which is awesome i think that's tremendous i think that i don't know if it was russo the athletic that put out a tweet apparently there was some asshole out there that made a fake ryan hartman venmo trying to get some cash people are disgusting and uh you know sad but doesn't surprise me if that grows people but good on ryan hartman for taking that money for donating children's hospital in minnesota good on him for doing what he did yeah you know, I don't know Evander Kane personally, but you know, it didn't didn't look like anybody on Edmonton was really jumping to his defense either. No, and and like I don't know him either personally, so I'm just gonna leave it at anecdotal stuff. But the B- Buffalo people, the same people that have said Jack Eichel's not as big of an asshole as he's is made out to be, he's like, no, 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 Evander Kane is just a fucking asshole. So take with that what you will. Uh, some recent signings, we mentioned some college hockey, some guys that have either played college hockey or their OHL, or excuse me, their KHL seasons finished up. Any guy like Ben Myers or Francesco Pinelli, Bobby Brink, maybe, or a Magnus Helberg, perhaps pique your interest NRD coming into the lead for the last couple of games here. Brink's cool. Uh, didn't win the Hobie Baker, and I don't want to spend too much time on the fact that somehow Dryden McKay won the Hobie Baker. I mean, no offense. Seven like, Levi won the Mike Richter Award for the best goalie in the league or in, in college hockey, and didn't d- didn't get not like wasn't yeah, in the final Hobie Baker final. I don't, want to, I don't know how McKay won the Hobie Baker, but Bobby Brink played Bobby, four years or whatever. They're like, ugh. whatever. Bobby Brink intrigues me because it's a new era for the Philadelphia Flyers, and he's a big part. Him, Cam York, Samula, a couple other guys there. They're going to see increased roles coming up here. If not now, then, in, you know, starting next season. It's a big pivotal time in the tenure of that franchise. And Bobby brings a big part of it. I, I'm interested to see what he can do in the National Hockey League. Uh, ben Myers goes to Colorado. Sort of, I, I saw a tweet that said, the rich get richer. And that's, he's kind of the consensus number one, un, you know, unsigned uh, NCAA player coming out. He goes to Colorado. Strikes me as a guy that could, you know, put in like six points in seven games and just be like an overtime hero. Somehow, some way, Colorado always wins, right? 
Um, yeah, no, he's a great prospect. They got Drew Helson. They got Jordan, uh, Justin Barron. They're building a, uh, at a building. Actually, no, they don't have Drew Helson. I apologize. They traded him, but they have just, Justin just Barron. Drew. Yeah. And uh, they have. And a, Bo, we're good to see Bowen Byron back. Yeah. Because he is the poor kid, talented as can be, uh, but deals with some concussion issues and a lot of like post concussion issues where some days he'll, if he wakes up with a migraine, it's going to stick with him for a week. By the way, I just want to apologize. I thought, yeah, apparently I forgot the trade deadline happened. That's where we're at in this point of the year. Justin Barron is not Colorado Avalanche either. So they're restocking the pool. They yeah. traded Hellison. They traded Barron. They're restocking that pool now. They bring in Ben Myers. But yes, the rich get richer. And they get Bowen Byron back. Uh, you mentioned Cam York. He used to have a coach, Mr. Jerry York, who just retired after 50 years of NCAA hockey coaching, 28 years at Boston College five-time NCAA champion. He, is, he doesn't want to be the, the minister of culture. He doesn't want to be this. He doesn't want to be a, a senior GM, president, whatever. He just wants to golf on weekends in the fall. He wants to spend time with his wife. He wants to travel. He wants to watch his grandkids play sports. What's the first thing that comes to mind, NRD, when you think Jerry York and Boston College? Winner. Winner more than anything, but then developer. I mean, mm-hmm. no groundbreaking stuff to say that Boston College has been a, the pinnacle of hockey development over the past 50 years, mm-hmm. but a winner, but a developer of, of true NHL talent. hundred percent. He, uh, it's funny. He got to BC in 94 and he basically mirrors my, my life. I mean, I'm turning 28 in a month. Jerry York has been the head coach of Boston College for as long as I've been alive. Absolutely crazy. Uh, winning a NCAA coach in history, I believe it's over 1,000. Yeah, 1,123 wins. The next closest is Ron Mason at 924. That's one of those records that, like, good luck. Uh, Not going to break that record. No, good luck Sheldon Keefe at Northeastern. Because it, it, guys don't stay anymore. Like, Nate Lehman at Providence has been an NHL target forever. You know, like guys aren't going to stay in a position for 28 years. They're going to go for another opportunity or whatever. Like the guys like Shashevsky and the the dudes that want to build a program and then build like a culture. There's it's one thing to build a program, which you can do in three, four five years. It's another thing to build like a culture. Jerry York, Mike Shashevsky, both retiring. They built cultures. Their school is known for them. And I think that's just such a testament to the the man uh, that Jerry York is. Parker was the same way at B, uh, BU. Like, just such a cool, uh, such a cool legacy he, he leaves. And uh, a bunch of players. I mean, thinking about some, le- like Mike Motto. I mean, at BC, like some college legends. Yeah. Oh my God! They every year, man. Every year they had three or four guys. I was like, oh, stud, 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 stud. My favorite of all time, Nathan Gerby. Shouts to the uh, the five eight cannonball that he was. Uh, played for the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, speaking of Boston, I am on a Segway absolute heater today. You are you moving? Speaking of Boston, the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing the Boston Bruins in the twenty twenty three Winter Classic. Uh, really nice that. Both of these teams could get an outdoor game finally. Am I right? I uh, I think what just going forward, I think they should just chop the roof off of uh, TD Garden and PPG. 
paints are right. Yeah. Like the play outdoors all year. You're just the outdoor teams now. It, it's why it's every year. One of these two teams is like in this thing. Or another thing, or the stadium series. It's like right. one of the other. They will, they're playing outdoors once a year, every year. This one actually makes sense. Hashtag makes sense because Fenway Sports Group now owns the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who owns owns the Penguins? Fenway Sports Group. They also happen to own Fenway Park. So mm-hmm. Boston connection there, Fenway Park, the Pittsburgh Penguins, another team in that, you know, I guess adopted staple of Boston sports teams now with, you know, the Fenway group owning them, but yeah, it's stupid. Let's, I understand we can't pull up on South beach and have a game there for obvious reasons, but it's got a little bit more creative. I had heard. So, and we'll, you know, this would be my last big point for the day Mm -hmm. back when they played the game at Lake Tahoe. So I had originally, because you know, I love doing this. I had originally broken the scoop of Lake Louise being a potential site. Ah, yes. In addition, there were talks of starting to get a little bit more creative with, you know, the outdoor game beyond the realm of a football stadium, a baseball stadium. One of said ideas, which might come up for the 125th of the NHL, we're not, you know, it's still up in the air, is playing a game as on the site or as close to the site of the first NHL game in uh, Victoria. Oh, that's cool. So that was one of the ideas kicked around. I don't know if it was a COVID idea because one, you know, there was going to be minimal fans, if none anyway. So it was mm-hmm. one of those ideas that worked alongside Lake Tahoe as being, you know, COVID friendly at the time. I think that one is shelved for now, but that the NHL has looked into ideas of being a little bit more creative around where they play these games, a little bit more of the history side of it, a little bit more of the scenic side of it as opposed to just playing in an nfl or an mlb stadium for the sake of playing outdoors so i love it something to look out for absolutely love it um lake louise what a cool destination that would be just give me lake placid nrd just on the speed skating oval use that as the building spot for it yeah right because it's lake placid high schools it's basically their track yes the track Um, a perfect spot for it. I, I even get them on the 1980 rink. You know, it's got it's got enough room. You'd probably have to put some seating in or just keep it intimate like that. Lake Placid, you know, maybe you do it in 2030 for the 50-year anniversary. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, but they got to get back there. And this is the, the upstate New York homer in me that is desperate I, for, like, anything Lake Placid development-related. Get get them back up there, back to the uh, the cool one of the coolest moments in in hockey history. Not NHL per se, but certainly one of the coolest in hockey history. I think we have to go all in and recreate it. Whoever's playing has to play against the Washington Capitals because they have the most Russians <laughs> per capita in the league. So we'll just oh, recreate shoot. the 1980s game. Uh, yeah, I could get Al Michaels back on the call too. No, I, I was thinking about like you know when they do the World Cup of Hockey, maybe that's a cool. Obviously, they want to do. Uh, actual nhl stadiums and, and one if it's if it's played in the u.s right but some sort of exhibition or warm-up or you know whatever it might be would be cool to have in the classic don't uh, last thing i have on my list nrd is michael misa the name that you might not have heard yet but you will plenty going forward i promise you as if you're sick of hearing connor bedard's name well we have the next in line michael misa is 15 years old he was just granted uh, exceptional status, the sixth player ever granted exceptional status, which basically allows you to join the OHL, 
which is a league of 16 to 20 year olds traditionally, uh, as a 15 year old. He's allowed to play up with the big the big boys, if you will. He broke Connor McDavid's record for points uh, in the OHL Cup with 20 in seven games, and that's 10 goals and 10 assists. This dude can play. What do you know about Michael Misa, and are we going to be saying his name for a long, long time? Don't know much yet, right? He's like the, he's like the white whale, if you will. Right? He's a name. He's breaking McDavid's records. The kid's got exceptional status, only one of six, including you know Gretzky and McDavid. Uh, a couple other big names on there. Yeah. I think Eric Lindros might have been, you know, granted exceptional. Well, but Bedard's one of them, too. Bedard's one of them as well. Sean Day's another one. So it doesn't always mean success. <laughs> almost, almost always. Almost always. We're like batting 900 on it. So, but you're going to hear about him more. I think we're a little bit away, you know, a little ways away from NHL attention on this kid. But if I'm not mistaken. Is he playing with Mississauga? Yeah. OHL, yeah, with the Steelheads. So, He's there. You're going to hear about him continuously more and more and more, especially after, you know, Bedard gets drafted next year. Mm-hmm. I think that once he's out of the uh, the junior system, then we'll start to hear about the next one. But not bad company to be in for that kid. No. Right? Although, like, the one thing I do worry about is that now there's always going to be the who's next, who's next, who's next. And you're going to get these kids, like, the best player at his age group, going to be you know there's only six all time and then there might be six in the next eight years type of thing they're always going to be trying to prop somebody up so it's just pressure expectations etc love hearing about kids like this uh because they make the game fun and they're like okay well if we tank in four years we did guess who we got we got misa i still think matt ve is is my favorite prospect of all Might time as well. yep that dude is going to score a gajillion goals once he gets over from russia um but cool to see man cool to see a kid get get that status while it's still super you know coveted i guess and one of those names i think uh you know it's kind of wild to think that if he plays till he's plays for the next 20 20 20 years in the in the league and another three before he's like drafted 20 like I'll be fifty by the time this dude's done playing. And to hear about him now, it's kind of it's crazy. Absolutely, and if he gets drafted, I mean, is he twenty four or twenty five? Twenty five, I think the earliest. Yeah. Which not out of Buffalo's rebuild window, maybe. All right, like all right, all there. right. That's enough. That's enough. Not no, out of the window yet. I'll be man. I'll be, be fifty by the time this kid's out of the league. That's sad. That's sad, NRD. That's like no, uh, man. man. All the guys that like, oh, I was, I was a. 21 year old when Tiger Woods won his first tournament. Now he's now I'm almost fucking 55 or whatever it is. Anyway, that's going to do it for the cold stove podcast. NRD. What else do you have on your mind? Anything before we get out of here? No, I, uh, a little late in the week. This one, we'll get back to a consistent schedule. I know it's busy with you. Congrats to everybody at wash. Send my best for HQ 3.0. Yes. HQ. I'd call it two and a half. We started washed or they started washed before I got on board, uh, in, a buddy's master bedroom turned office after being laid off from their previous job doing content. They, they kind of had an office building, not, not office building, master bedroom that a buddy was running like a crypto mining operation out of that. They basically borrowed the studio part of it. Then we went to HQ technically two, which was a dentist's office that we've been in for the last two years and HQ three. Now we're cooking. It's a it's a big time upgrade on our deal. I'll have to get down uh, for Washed Fest. 
there you go. We'll have a, we'll rip it up. We'll play some golf. Amen. Uh, that's NRD at NHL Rumors Daily on Twitter. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Come on. Never. Come on. Uh, I am Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on both Twitter and Instagram. We are Cold Stove Pod at Cold Stove Pod. Shoot us some questions and topics that we need to cover as we get into the playoff time of year. Very excited. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. See you.